You're smart. Your TV is smart. That's why you cut the cord. But you need one more thing. Alaska's news source. Watch live or when it's convenient for you. Here's how. Just search Alaska's news source on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Android TV. Install and enjoy. It's completely free and has everything you need in one spot. Breaking news. Statewide weather. In-depth investigations. Start streaming Alaska's news source live today. Tonight, the Iditarod Mushers are all together at their annual banquet to celebrate the upcoming start of the last great race. However, outside the convention center, PETA protesters displayed their disdain for the race and its treatment of the sled dogs. And later on, Mayor Dave Bronson speaks about the new development that he hopes will rejuvenate downtown life. And temperatures are dropping as we head into the weekend with high winds also causing a dangerous wind chill. I'll let you know just how cold it'll get. You're watching Alaska's News Source. Good evening, everyone. The Iditarod Mushers meet and greet and the Big Mushers Banquet. As this year's annual lead-up to Saturday's ceremonial kickoff is now underway, disqualification and withdrawals mean notable mushers are not there at the annual events. That's where we find sports director Jordan Rodenberger live from the Denina Center in downtown Anchorage, as a lot of people have been showing up this evening. Jordan? Yeah, Mike, the noise leading up to Iditarod 52 has been loud, but not very clear as controversy surrounds disqualified and withdrawn mushers while PETA protests outside. But inside the Denina Center, no mention or discussion of that as the fans came for a meet and greet focused on the 38 mushers who are competing in this year's I Did A Rod. And there's many boxes to check when leading up to the starting line. And that meet, mushroom meet and greet is one of the last ones after the food drop, paperwork, and all that. And the mushers seem to have enjoyed themselves throughout the meet and greet, although I'm sure it's rather overwhelming and intimidating for them, you know, with this lifestyle that they live, not necessarily used to that, and their solitary lifestyles. And that's they've been so focused on their teams this year that they're not really focused on this outside noise and just focused on that one 1,000 miles to Nome as we're in getting ready for that banquet here inside the Denina Center where there will be a bid draw. We'll get to find out where the teams will be taking off and in which order at that ceremonial start on Saturday. But like I said, Mike, right here inside, no mention of any of that as uh, PETA continues to protest outside. But mushers in here focused on the race, focused on the 1,000 miles and the road that it is to Nome. Mike. All right, Jordan Rodenberger live in downtown Anchorage. Thanks, Jordan. And as Jordan mentioned, while the Iditarod Mushers uh, meet and greet is going on inside, the annual uh, animal rights group PETA has members protesting outside. A small group outside the Denina Center saying the race should be ended due to what they view as the inhumane treatment of the dogs. Now, they argue the handling of the dogs before, during, and after the race shows abuse and neglect of the animals. In the past, Iditarod leaders have called PETA's allegations fabricated, grossly inflammatory, and highly inaccurate saying their mushers are a community who show love and compassion for their dogs. Well, several big-name national sponsors have walked away from the annual Alaska Sled Dog Race in recent years, while other local sponsors and a handful of national companies remain as partners. We're here tonight protesting the Mushers Gala uh, because uh, more than 150 dogs have died while running the Iditarod, not counting the dogs who have died chained up during the off-season. Now, the protesters are not stopping there. PETA and their supporters plan on continuing their oppos op opposition to the Iditarod race 
At the ceremonial start downtown this Saturday morning, they'll also be at the restart at Willow on Sunday afternoon as the racers take off on the trail. And you can follow along with the Iditarod ceremonial start Saturday morning live on Channel 2 and on alaskasnewsource.com and keep up to date with the race starting this coming weekend. Let's turn out of the weather. Here's a live look across Anchorage as the sun sets this evening. The wind's still a concern. Now let's check in with Melissa Fry to get the latest on the forecast, especially for this weekend and the Iditarod. Yeah, Mike, we're really getting a nice break from active weather in terms of rain or snow, but that wind uh, not giving up, not just yet, still seeing those strong winds across the region. Right now, 16 degrees, winds out of the north at 13 miles per hour, uh, gusting as high as 24 miles per hour. So that makes it feel more like two degrees out there uh, this evening. And those temperatures are going to drop pretty quickly as soon as that sun sets, making that wind chill uh, even stronger. Max wind today, 39 miles per hour in Anchorage, over 50 miles per hour in Palmer, and up to 60 miles per hour in Seward. And we saw those high winds all the way down Cook Inlet from 46 miles per hour in Kenai to 49 miles per hour in Seldovia. Now, we are otherwise still seeing mostly dry, clear conditions across the region. Temperatures again in the teens, 20s near Cordova. And we are still seeing wind chill advisories across the Alaska Range passes and wind chill warnings for the slope, where we will likely see wind chill values between 50 and 60 below heading into tomorrow and this weekend and also newly issued winter storm watches and advisories now in effect for the west coast and the alaska peninsula as another storm system pushes in from the west i'll have all the details on that storm here in just a few minutes but first take a look at the conditions overnight in anchorage those clouds are going to continue to clear i do expect temperatures to briefly drop below zero overnight otherwise holding in the single digits and then tomorrow it's back into those teens under mostly sunny skies with breezy winds. We've got that Iditarod kicking off this weekend, and I'll have a look at that closer forecast here in a few minutes. See you back in a few minutes, Melissa. Thanks. And to keep track of those wind speeds and temperatures in your area from Melissa and our entire weather team, be sure to download our free Alaska Weather Source app. You can get it from your app store. Construction season concerns remain while state transportation leaders told lawmakers they think they fixed parts of a more than a $5.5 billion a mainly highway spending plan the feds rejected. The feds still will have to sign off again. As Steve Kirch tells us from Juno tonight, those leaders told lawmakers some projects that were there before are now gone. For two days, DOT leaders have been talking to lawmakers about the progress they're making on the 2024-2027 transportation plan. This after billions of dollars are put at risk when the feds rejected that plan initially. State DOT leaders telling lawmakers that roughly 99% of the $5.6 million STIP plan is complete, and the part that has to be completed will be done by Friday, as we now wait and see if the feds will sign off and how construction season will be impacted. By Friday, the state must address the most serious concerns the feds wanted to see corrected. In the meantime, DOT leaders told lawmakers some projects have been removed. In front of the House Transportation Committee Thursday, Commissioner Ryan Anderson said the errors happened because after using a new database for about 18 months to develop the transportation plan and receive public comments, they had to abandon it last May because of the program had flaws. And then there were other issues, the DOT coordination with local governments. We know of one project that is out, the West Susitna Access Road, which the feds had rejected. Residents had talked a lot about that project during the public comment period. 
So the direction that they gave us was that if it exists within an MPO boundary, that they wanted those out because they want those included on the tip. Um, so yeah, those are coming out. Um, we'll be working with the MPO to ensure that those uh, projects get on their tip. Now a tip is when state and local leaders come together on a transportation spending plan. This new STIP proposal needs to be approved by March 31st. Steve Kirch, Alaska's News Source. Now, Juno, tomorrow, House lawmakers are expected to vote on a proposed constitutional amendment about the permanent fund dividend. Last night, lawmakers debated the language to add to that proposed change. The change would require the PFD to be paid by a formula in the state constitution rather than by the annual legislative appropriations process. Well, the elections for the municipality of Anchorage are coming up in just over a month, but on April 2nd, before any voting can happen, the election equipment needs to be functioning properly. In order to guarantee that the election process is smooth and reputable, logic and accuracy testing of the municipal election tabulation equipment was done today. The election staff scanned test ballots through the machines and then verified the results to ensure that they were functioning correctly. Registration and uh, updates for this year's election closes uh, this Sunday, March 3rd. It's important to run these tests because we want to, again, make sure our system is up and running for the election and make sure things are running smoothly and so that we can address any issues if they arise. So the first thing that I want to make sure voters are aware of is the registration date. Registration date is this Sunday, March 3rd. If you're gonna, if you want to vote in this year's election, you want to make sure you are registered to vote with the state of Alaska by this Sunday, March 3rd. So drop boxes are gonna be sent out March 12th, just in time for ballots to be mailed out. There are 18 secure drop boxes, 16 of which are in Anchorage proper, and then one in Eagle River and one in Girdwood. Drop boxes will be open 24-7 and will close at 8 p.m. sharp on election night. Now, in this year's election, there are nine ballot propositions that will be voted on by the residents of the municipality on April 2nd, along with the race for mayor. Still ahead tonight, a group in Palmer tried to remove certain books from the library shelves. But is it raising some legal questions? We'll take a look next. You're watching Alaska's News Source. Well, after successfully starting the process of reviewing challenged books in the Matsu School District, the group in the Valley wants to see those titles gone from the public library. It's a discussion that has raised legal questions at the city level in Palmer. The city's attorney addressing those concerns at Tuesday's regular council meeting. She cautioned the council members over the legality of removing published materials and what rights people have under the First Amendment. Palmer Mayor Steve Carrington said the presentation served as an informational medium for council members as well as the general public to understand the law as it applies to the city's public library. I mean, this is, this is not a done deal. So, you know, to me, it's a process, and this is trying to understand where we're at and what, what things we can do and what things maybe we should uh, be careful with. Recently, the Matsu School Board officially banned its first book from school libraries. That was just one title of a list of 56 challenge publications. So far, the Library Citizens Advisory Committee has made its recommendations on 19 of those books. 37 remain up for review. Well, today, Mayor Dave Bronson announced the location of a new downtown library at a press conference. The mayor spoke on the decision to turn the old city hall building facing 4th Avenue into a new library downtown. It's part of an effort to promote literacy, learning, and enrichment within the Anchorage community. 
Furthermore, through the April 2023 Parks and Recreation Bond, $700,000 has been designated for redevelop redeveloping Paratrovich Park adjacent to Old City Hall, complementing the library project. Together, these exciting projects will make a significant impact on the revitalization of downtown Anchorage. Now, it's hoped the revitalization of the building will be complete and the new library will be open by 2026. Mayor Dave Bronson also has submitted an ordinance to amend city code and allow that homeless camps to be abated within 72 hours. He said it's a step toward balancing the need for caring for the unhoused and maintaining public health and safety. Now, whatever the mayor proposes, it would still have to follow a federal court ruling restricting abatements. When you really start to have a ton of people um, in one area, it starts to become problematic, not just for the surrounding neighborhoods, but for the people in the encampments. Um, and so we really want to limit size, the types of activities that happen in those encampments, um, and also for the public health and safety of people who are living in shelters. Now, the assembly chair said he has not been briefed on the possible changes in code and that it comes across to him as a campaign message. Additionally, federal courts have issued far-ranging rulings that affect local government's ability. Regarding homelessness, the U.S. Supreme Court has decided to take up that issue. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcast from Alaska's news source automatically. And stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska News Source app.